This is PhotoBizX episode number 480 and today we are talking dance photography but it's fine art dance photography with a photographer who is having incredible success, produces amazing work and shares how she's able to generate the leads, the bookings and the sales that have led to her success. I'm talking about Leah Hoffman of Hoffa Studios and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. This one is coming to you a day later than usual if you are listening to the podcast as they go live. So I apologize for that, but I do have an absolute ripper of an interview for you today. Now, I did say in that intro that Leah is a fine art dance photographer and as usual, you will get a ton from this interview whether or not you photograph dancers. What Leah shares in regards to her lead generation, her sales, her automation, which I think you will love, will apply to your business no matter what genre you photograph. Some really cool things coming up in this one. Now, I will give you a heads up. Leah does talk about some very cool marketing strategies. I pick and chose which ones to explore more deeply because I've covered a couple of these extensively with Leah's photography business and mindset coach, Joel Dunn. Now, I've linked to his interviews in the show notes, so you can go back and learn more about those strategies, which Leah is also having so much success with by clicking on those links and listening to those interviews with Joel Dunn. Now, I also have to add, Leah was right out of her comfort zone when it comes to recording interviews, and I can totally understand that. It's a scary proposition, but she did incredibly well. We had so many laughs. And I know you're going to get a ton from what Leah had to share. So let's get into that in just a second. If you didn't catch last week's interview with Hark Najjar, make sure you do get back and have a listen to that one. Hark has built up the most profitable, amazing business photographing sports teams in Canada. And in that interview, he shares exactly how he's gone about doing that. The fact that he could increase the business by so much more if he wanted to, but instead he values his lifestyle so much that he prefers to keep it the way it is. And to reinforce that fact, he was actually recording our interview from his lakeside cabin <laughs> with his wife while they were on their break. So yeah, incredibly successful business. And I truly meant what I said in the interview or in the episode that if I had have known about that genre of photography when I was starting out, I would have given it serious, serious thought and pursued that style of photography to build a very successful business. So go back and have a listen to Hark if you haven't heard that one. I think you'll be happily surprised at what he had to share. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, we're going to jump into this interview with Leah Hoffman in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Leah. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. 
The good news is, if you'd like to hear the full interview with Leah, if you want to get access and hear about her marketing and sales strategies in more detail, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. If you're anything like me, when you see the work from today's guests, your first thought will be, oh my God, this is amazing work. Now, when Leah was recommended to me as a potential guest, I heard she was a dance photographer, and my initial thought was production line dance school photography, where she photographs everyone at a dance school, including individual and group photos, which I know can be super lucrative. However, this photography is next level. It's easy to see why she's been labelled as one of Australia's leading dance photographers. Now, her images can only be described as creative fine art. Every dancer is artistically lit. They're beautifully retouched and they're caught in flight, action or wrapped and surrounded by flying clouds of fabric. Like it really is incredible stuff. She has had a lifelong love of dance, which has included dancing, instruction and choreography. So it made sense for this photographer Leah to combine her passion for dances and photography at her specialist dance photography studio in Melbourne, Australia, which opened in 2014. I'm talking about the incredibly talented Leah Hoffman, and I'm wrapped to have her with me now. Leah, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, wow, what an introduction. <laughs> I think I need you floating around me all the time. When people ask me what I do for a living, I'll be like, hey, this is the Andrews bill. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> well, look, I meant every word. And do you seriously, do you look at your website or your portfolio and think, like, wow, I created these? I do. And yes, I do. And it's amazing that um, I do look at my work and I guess fall in love with what I do. And just thinking that it's an honour to create such beautiful artwork for dancers. When I introduce myself to other photographers or people just say on the street and they ask me what I do for a living and I say I'm a dance photographer, I always have to, I guess, I have to let them know that I'm not that typical dance photographer. It's a fine art photography that I do and I produce artwork for dancers. So my slogan, which I actually did copyright it, is it's not just a photograph, it's a masterpiece. Right. So what do you mean by you copyrighted that? Do you have to go to like the service New South Wales or something like that? So it's not you're in Victoria. So is it a national body that you have to go and copyright a phrase? Yeah, it's a copyright a phrase. Yeah. So I'm just curious, when you copyright a phrase, does that mean no other, well, no one else can use that in your state or the whole of the country? Because it's not trademarked, is it? In Australia. In Australia. Yes. In Australia, yes. I love that. I didn't even know that was an option to copyright a phrase. Yes. So, yeah, it's been copyrighted. So because you've copyrighted it, do you try and like use that slogan or that phrase everywhere? Yes, yeah, on all advertising. So on my website, I pop it on social media as much as I can because I think educating clients um, to know that I create artwork and not just a photograph. So it's all to hang up on their wall at home and love forever. Right, okay. So this isn't just something like a, a little 8 by 10 that's going to sit on the mantelpiece for or stick to the fridge for, you know, six months. This is something right, as a proper investment. So, like, looking at your work, I expect that any dancer that comes to you, you know, they see themselves in the images that you're creating on your website, you know, on your social media profiles. Do you feel like 
like an incredible pressure to deliver for every client or does it just like they come in and it just happens? It just happens. Really? It really does. And it's amazing for them to sit down because I do all my viewings on the same day. So they sit down, they actually see their work unedited. So basically straight from my camera and just their like the mothers, they cry over their daughters or sons because I photograph both. And the dancer's just like, wow, that's me. I can't believe like I've seen all your photographs and now I'm seeing me. It's such a strange feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, there sometimes there are pressure, but there always is. That's because I care about my job. But once I get into the groove of things, it's, yeah, I'm I used to apologise about being fussy about my lighting because I'm very fussy. Sometimes it takes me a little bit just to get that that perfect lit. And I used to apologise. I'm like, I used to say, I'm so sorry. I'm just getting, I'm just a bit fussy about lighting. I don't apologise anymore because that's what they're there to get is to get that perfect photograph. Yeah, like to me, that's your. I mean, you, you feel like you're holding them up, but that's your expertise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's all about that self worth. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I want to tiptoe around what I want to ask you here because I don't want to say the wrong thing, but like when I see on your website, every dancer, male or female is gorgeous. Like they are stunningly fit. They're super flexible. They look like models, every single one of them. What happens when someone comes in your studio that doesn't have the skills that you need for them to get into the positions you want, or they don't look the way your other models do? Funny you say that. Um, And I think this is sort of a topic that a lot of um, my clients feel. Believe it or not, not everybody is, I guess, that typical fit model. I photograph everyday dancers and probably about 50% of the time I have those, I guess, the younger dancers or the not-so-skilled dancers or even the larger dancers as well. And it's just the way of posing, using the particular movements that suit them. So I photograph dancers to suit their ability. So if they can't get into the positions, they don't look the way they think they do compared to the other dancers on your website, what would you do with them? So I have certain moves that I know work with everybody. They're uh, simple moves. It might tweak an arm or a back movement or just a little bit of a, a hip twist just to get that wow factor. So I guess when photographing portraits, the rules are break every body parts, so your wrists, your elbows, and that's the same with dance as well. So turning the body and then sort of bending the back back a little bit, creating a curve, creating interest. So that's all you need to sort of do with those dancers that can't lift their leg behind their ear or anything like that. And I guess also because I've coached for so many years prior being a photographer, I can coach the the dancers using the correct body parts, I guess. So squeezing your glutes in, turning your hips out, just to get that correct because they're also looking at their technique as well. So not only I've got to sell my work, I've got to sell the work with correct technique, even if the dancer has those skills or not. So there is pressure. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I mean, I'm not a dance photographer and I'm not a horse photographer, but I have photographed horses for owners in the past. 
And they were seeing things, I'm thinking, are you crazy? Like, what are you talking about? But they wanted to see the horse in a particular way with its ears forward and its legs extended. And I'm thinking, this is a great photo, but they weren't happy. So I'm sure it's the same with the dancers. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. So just knowing those basic terminology or basic... Um, is it positions? I guess sort of technique, that's what I mean. Yeah. Positions, that definitely does help because that's what they're looking at, especially the dancers. Sometimes the mums come in and they all dads, because I do get dance dads in, they come in and they're like, oh, it's a beautiful photo. And the dancer might be like, oh, my toenail's out just a fraction. Like you get those <laughs> dancers that are so particular that, you know, one of their toes is twisted. So it can get really, really particular. So when I'm shooting, every shot I look at the back of the camera and zoom in and make sure that every part is correct. I sometimes show them, which I do. I do show them throughout their photo shoot. But, yeah, sometimes showing the back of the camera to a dancer can also be a negative thing because they might be like, my little toe is out. Oh, this all this out. (laughs) And it's funny because I do use Photoshop is a secret. (laughs) (laughs) So if a releve is not right up, I can tweak that in Photoshop. Sorry, if a what's not right up? A releve, like a, a demi point. So them on their tippy toes. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, so I was going to ask you, are you continually saying through a session or through a sales session, don't worry, I can fix that in post or I can fix that in Photoshop? Are you using those words? Not necessarily. So if there's a particular move they want to get and you can see that they have the potential to get it, I will get them to focus on just say their top half of their body and say let's work, focus on getting these arms right, this head angle right, and then let's concentrate on the feet. And then I will use like the feet from that photo and then place it on the arm, uh, the head and body. So, yeah, so there are that. So they are aware of that um, and I do that before the viewing. So I've been, Photoshop, I've been using Photoshop since I was eight years old. So, That's basically what got me into photography. So I'm very, very, very quick at Photoshop. Nice. Unreal. Yeah. Incredible. And again, back to the bigger dancers, are you using things like Liquify and, um, you know, tools like that in Photoshop? I don't necessarily, like I do to some point. I obviously re, I flatten, uh, not flatten, um, flatter not change. Right, okay, yes. So especially if there's um, every, I guess, every dancer, if they're bending their back backwards, you do get the skin rolls in their crease. So everybody gets that. I get rid of that. I tweak all that. The bigger dancers, I just sort of reshape. I don't necessarily make them a size six. Right. I just reshape them in a way that they still look like themselves because, again, at the end of the day, that's who they are and I don't want to change who they are because they're beautiful the way they look. But, they're yeah, it's just those little bits that, um, and especially wearing a leotard, sometimes it isn't flattering. There's a bit coming out everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> I've just got to be mindful of that. This is sounding more and more like wedding photography to me than that. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it generally is. It's very similar. It, I guess the way you pose females or any dance or, yeah, females, um, men are obviously different and the same rules still apply throughout. And, yeah, they always just want to look as best as they can and just a little little help in Photoshop 
never hurts anybody. Nice. I love it. And tell me about the business side of things. Do you feel like you have a successful business or do you feel like you're, you know, you're living your dream and, and just have a job and you get to do what you love to do? A bit of both, really. Obviously, I am so lucky to be able to make a living for something that I love to do. So that's working with dancers and being a photographer. And as a kid, I always wanted to have my own business. So I am fulfilling a dream. And when I put all my sales in, it's like, wow, (laughs) it's amazing just to see the turnover and uh, how much the business does make. So yeah, I'm very proud at where I've come, I guess. That's so good. So yeah. what is the revenue level? Have you got an idea? Yes. So my average sale is about three and a half. Wow. Fantastic. Two, four. Yeah. So that's generally what people spend with me. So the structure of my business is probably a little bit different to, I guess, what other people might have. So I've structured my business around my lifestyle with my two kids. So I have 50-50 custody and when the kids are with their dad, so it's week on, week off, that's when I do all my photo shoots. So Monday to Thursday when their kids are at their dad's, that's where I do all my shoots. So I have two shoots a day, so eight shoots a fortnight. And then when I have the children, when they're at school, that's when I do all the in-house stuff. So the retouching, the dealing with the clients, all my calls, um, communicating with third parties, all that sort of thing. And I also do all that, um, I guess, on both weeks as well. So I am a a 5am starter. I get up at 5am every morning and that definitely helps and grounds me. So for the first hour, that's when I do all my meditation, my gratitude, and get focused for the day. And then from six to seven or six to eight, depending on if I have the kids, I actually sit down at my desk and do some work then and then start the day. So it sounds like you work with Joel Dunn, the photography business and mindset coach. (laughs) Yes, I do. He's definitely been amazing and has helped me with structuring the business, structuring my time and also boosting my sales as well. So he's absolutely incredible. That is so good. So if you're averaging three and a half thousand dollars per client and you're doing uh, was it eight shoots roughly a fortnight, so are you doing around like 200 sessions a year? Correct, yes. So that adds up to over $700,000. It can, yes, but COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, that's inc- what a business. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is the first year without a lockdown, so... Yes, I'm actually seeing the true benefits of the business. Congratulations. What an amazing business. And you get to do what you love at the same time. I do what I love. Yes. And I have my weekends free as well. So amazing. I'm loving life. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. So tell me then, Leah, like when you sort of opened the studio in 2014, I'm guessing the average sale back then wasn't three and a half thousand and you probably struggled to bring clients in. No, not necessarily struggling to bring clients in. So my average sale was about 1800 at that time. I was working with another photographer at the time, so it wasn't generally my business. I created that business for somebody else. And I guess it was sort of being true to myself. I've always wanted to work for myself 
and be my own boss. So I did take up, it was a lot of courage to leave and I left and started my own business and that's when I, um, well, I knew Joel done previously and I knew that he had the whole coaching side of thing, uh, his business, and that's when we met up and he helped me build up my business to where it is today. Unreal. So have you been working with Joel since, you know, the last few years? Yeah, the last two years I've been working with Joel. Oh, two years only. Okay. So how long have you been actually shooting on your own? Uh, three years. Oh, okay. So not even that long. So not that long. I started my business in October 2019 and a few months later, COVID. COVID, right. (laughs) So perfect timing to start a business, but it was amazing to know that we went through a pandemic and obviously still going through a pandemic and I'm still producing massive sales and my business is stronger than than ever that's so good Leah that's amazing so you basically had the proof of concept that this would work when you started working with the other photographer then you went out on your own so I mean you sort of knew that this had potential as soon as you started it wasn't just a guess yes no I knew it had potential when I was shooting with the other photographer I had a different style as such so the finished product just looked like a studio finish so it looked like it was photographed in a studio Whereas I always had in my mind um, for my business having that extra tweak, that that fine art finish. So it looks different. So it has more of the texture and, and more of a, a moodier finish about my work now. Right. But the dancers, like you're still photographing in your studio. The dancers have to come to you. You're not going to them. No, they come to me. So I have my own studio space and... Yeah, they come to me (laughs) and I offer professional hair and makeup and with that the makeup artist helps and assists on the photo shoot as well. So they pamper the dancer. Oh, they stay back. Yep, yep. So they stay and they pamper the dancer throughout the session. Fantastic. And so with the dancers, I mean, again, I've photographed a couple, nothing like you do, but I imagine they turn up and they need to warm up and do that sort of thing. So are your sessions sort of two, three, four hours? Yeah, they're very long, so they can go up to four hours. Right, they are that long. Okay. Yes, or if there's multiple dancers, sometimes I photograph sisters or friends for that matter, um, they do go a bit longer. So with those particular sessions, I always suggest them to do the afternoon session. So if it does run over, there's no one else waiting or I'm not feeling that pressure to be, I've got another person coming in, so I'm a bit more relaxed. And I don't have the children because they're with their dad. And Got it. <laughs> I don't have the pressure of being home. Yes. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. And so in one of these four-hour sessions, how many saleable images are you looking to get? Because it looks to me like when I look at your portfolio, the dancer's looking for one hero image that's going to go on the wall, you know, and take up a massive space in their home. So are you looking to get more than one hero image? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess every client want something a little bit different. So each client's different. So I photograph basically the same amount for every dancer. So I do a fine art portrait. So that's more of the the pose, sitting down, not necessarily dancing. If they're a ballerina, so they're on point, I'll get a look with dancing on their point shoes. And then there's also 
the fabric shots, which you've mentioned in my intro, they're the hero shot. And I usually sell wall art for that because they take a while to retouch. So, and then more of their, I guess, flexibility, jumps, elevation, more creative movements, because not all moves work well with the fabric. So in saying that, I show about 30 to 40 images in their slideshow, in their viewing, and then we narrow it down. So as much as I love my work, I've got to be detached with it. I don't try to, are you sure you don't want this? It's like, which one? So I will show them, just say the same pose, but there might be a smiley shot, they might be looking away, um, different facial expressions. So I sort of bring them up and say, which one do you prefer? And then just, just narrowing it down. So usually clients will buy a wall art piece. So whether it's a hero shot for the wall or a collage. So I merge all the fabrics together. So they might pick their five favorite fabric shots and it's all blended together. And then I will sell a folio box or an album. Right. So with a big merge photo with the fabrics, I've seen an example of that, I think on your TikTok reels, if that's the right term. Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that would get as a large pano for the wall, a large panorama? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's a, a canvas on the wall. So I sell everything standard as canvas. And then if they want something as a frame or an acrylic, I will upsell that. So they will pay extra for that. Okay. So someone's spending, say, $3,500, what are they generally walking away with? Is it a large piece of wall art and a folio box? Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's, that's the main thing. Okay. That's the main thing. Yeah. So when do your clients first get any idea that they might spend $3,500 or more? When they look at my images, they know that they are going to spend. But when they call you to say, you know, hey, Leah, you've been recommended to me or I've seen your work for the last two years, I want to have a session, do you tell them about pricing then? Absolutely. Yeah. So depending on, um, so I have a voucher system as well as word of mouth and through third parties, so such as dance schools or dance competitions or even dance stores, so dance wear, that sort of thing, so my third parties. I actually have a DL card that has prices starting from, so wall art starting from eight fifty, wall collection starting from fifteen fifty. Folio boxes starting from eighteen fifty and albums starting from three eight fifty. Three thousand eight hundred and fifty. Three thousand, yeah. I use numbers like that because I'm a photographer, I'm very visual. Numbers aren't my thing. So I have to actually say three eight five zero when I'm doing my sales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't actually say three thousand eight. I've actually said thirty thousand once to a client before and they're like, What? <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, hang on. So I just stick with the numbers that way. It got just, it, got it. For my brain, it just works. <laughs> so if one of my kids was a dancer, when would I as a parent first see that DL flyer? When you receive your voucher, if you received a voucher. Now, I have the same structure on my website as well, so where the prices start from. Got it. Okay. And then, so when you say the voucher, is, is this your third-party marketing partners that are handing these vouchers out? Correct. Yeah. So your dance schools, your dance attire. Competitions or competition, yeah. right. Or artwork. Do they get anything out of this as well? 
depending on, so it might be a sponsorship with a dance comp. So depending on how much I donate is how much I will pay extra to as well. Okay. So hang on. So let's say I'm a local dance studio. I'm going to be hosting a dance competition. So would it only be my studio dancers that come to that competition or am I running a competition for the whole area? Usually for the whole area. Okay. So I'm running the competition. You would approach me and say, what, you want to give out your flyers? Uh, vouchers, yep. Okay, vouchers. But you also want to sponsor the events or are you going to give me something for me to give out your flyers? Yeah, so, it, <laughs> so if a, just say a dance school, um, usually they actually approach me, which is fantastic. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which I do. I approach dance schools, but the dance um, competitions approach me. So they're more wanting something to gift a prize winner. Okay, so they're going to gift a session. Yes, yeah. So I do that and then I might sort of also say, look, do you want to run a constant competition throughout the event? And that's where I might sort of do a giveaway and give away a wall art, uh, have QR codes around so it's nice and easy. Dancers just QR code that, enter their details, and then they're in the running for a big major prize and then Obviously, we draw the winner and then there's runners-up prizes. So then they also get a voucher as well. Right, okay. And, so, and the voucher is for the – is it the same value no matter who you're partnering with? Yes, generally, yes. Okay. And is that like $200? So it's a $500 gift voucher. So 250 of that is for the session and then they also get $250 credit. Nice. Okay. And then they put that towards wall art or folio boxes or albums? Towards wall art. Correct. Got it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, and then do they allow you or do you ask them to display your work at the competition? Yep. So I have my logo displayed on there. Um, they normally present a, a sponsors sort of slideshow before the event and my logo's up, some of my artwork. I have banners around the venue as well and occasionally I do pop in but usually it doesn't work in my in my lifestyle which is a bit sad because I always like to pop in to these events so yeah so are you I mean again I don't know the Melbourne dance scene but are you like I don't want to say celebrity but are you well known down there like does everyone want photos by Leah Hoffman oh you can, you can be honest. I don't know. You can be honest. <laughs> yeah, a little. <laughs> that's awesome. I can see you're blushing. That's so okay, good. I'm blushing now. <laughs> but that's amazing. What a position to be in. So the girls and the boys, the dancers, they are aspiring to be photographed by you. They want to be in your photos. Yes. They do, yes. What a position to be in. That is fantastic. So what happens when you approach a, um, you know, I don't know, what is a dance shop called where they sell the, I want to say tutus, dance. but I don't know, yeah. leotards and things. Is it a dance shop? Yes, dance shop. Let's just call them a dance shop. Okay, so if you have an idea, say there's a new dance shop opening in Melbourne, I'm guessing or would you go and approach them to help hand out your vouchers? So I've done lots of different things over the years with different third parties and I find that, most of them always work and it's for them, so for that particular, I guess, business. So I've done, um, I produced artwork for particular shops, so for their shop front, also dance studios as well. There is a big, massive fabric shop 
at a in Eltham um, of a dance studio and I've had friends of mine drive past and actually go, hey, I know that word. <laughs> That's my friends. So in terms of that, so some dance wear shops, they sell point shoes for ballerinas. So I have in a few of the shops of a like celebrating the first point shoes for dancers because that is a milestone for a particular but for ballerinas and it's a particular like special occasion so I gift dancers who have just received their first point shoes a photo shoot so they advertise it in their shop right and then they would give out a voucher then as well so they enter their details. So they are into a QR code. Thank goodness for COVID sometimes. There's some things that have come <laughs> so good. out of that. So they have the QR code and they scan it in, enter their details. I get all the information and then I send out a voucher for them. Okay, just to be clear, because this sounds so good. So you would have a poster in the store Correct. about the competition with a QR code. And so do the customers just see that and think, oh, wow, I'll enter that? Or are you encouraging the shop staff or owner to, to point people to it? Yes. Yep, absolutely. And I have that constantly running. I should be posting it a little bit more on my social media. Um, I think we always look at our social media and say I can do more. So, and that just, I'm going to put that on my to-do list for today. <laughs> Post something up about. So, I mean, I love that they're doing it. And I understand how it makes total sense, how it's fantastic for you, but what's in it for the store? The store owner? Nothing. Just that they can feel like it's from them, really. Right. Okay. Oh, so it's a gift from them for this. From them, yes. But so hang on. So by entering the details, they scan the QR code, they enter their details, they automatically get a voucher from that store, specific to that store from you. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. So there's two dance shops in Melbourne, two separate ones. They will have their own QR codes and they'll be branded to that store. Similar, yes. So the QR code goes to a link tree. Yes. Is that what it is? Link yeah, tree? link tree, yeah. <laughs> like just a web page, yeah. A web upload, yeah. So that's my platform for everything. So sending them to that particular site, they can have access to all my social media, my website, uh, competitions that I'll be running, my like book a session, Everything is on that link tree. So the QR code goes straight to there and then I'll have in that list my first point shoes. Okay, I'm there now. Okay, I've got it. Okay, so really, so the store, if the store points me and my child to that QR code, they really just got the, um, they, they get the feel-good factor for recommending you. Mm-hmm. Yep, and sort of, you know, this is a gift from us. So when I send out the voucher, I would say, you know, Andrew's Dance School has gifted you this $500 gift voucher as a celebration to help you with. Right. So how do you know it came from Andrew's Dance School and not from Stephen's Dance School? (laughs) Stephen. Well, that's Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) That's my brother. (laughs) Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. I've got one more question I want to ask you, but first up, just before we get to that, if you have time, where is the best place for listeners to see more of your incredible work that we've talked about? Instagram's probably my main source of 
I guess, to see my images. I'm still trying to build up this whole TikTok thing. Well, that was going to be my last question. But so for Instagram, you're at Hoffa Studio. So it's H-O-F-F-A-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. So I'll link to that in the show notes at Instagram.com forward slash Hoffa Studios. And honestly, if you are listening to this right now, go and have a look at this portfolio. It will blow you away. You'll see exactly what we've been talking about. Leah, your work, I've said it over and over, it's stunning. You are amazing. You are. No wonder your clients are so happy and are lining up to be photographed by you. Do you have a minute to answer one more question? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, fire away. I've got your TikTok, I guess, portfolio open in front of me. It looks like you've been investing a little bit of time and effort into it. Is it working for you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So I'm trying to shift to TikTok because... Back in the day, Facebook was mainly for mothers. Instagram was for the dancers. Now, dancers, because that's the younger generation, are now moved to TikTok. So I've got to keep up with these young kids. (laughs) So it does take a lot of time, and I think that's where social media takes up a lot of time. But I've got to think of it as this is my marketing time. I need to invest in that. So... Yeah, so I am slowly building up my TikTok page and I haven't overly seen the benefits yet. I don't know, you know, I used to run, well, I normally run competitions through Facebook and Instagram, like an online competition, but I don't know if that will work on TikTok. Yeah, I'm still new to it. Okay. So with your clients, so is it the kids that see and love your work that pester their mum to book you or is it the mums that see your work that book? Both. Right, Okay. Yeah, so when I'm posting on Facebook, I'm targeting the mums and then when I'm posting on Instagram slash TikTok, that's where I'm focusing on the dancers. Got it. Okay, so you really need to have a two-pronged approach. You've got to get to the dancer and the mum. Yeah, absolutely. Because the dancers obviously see their friends that have done it and be like, I want to be photographed at Hover Studios, mum. So then the mum, as well as the dad, I should sort of say, has to see the work and fall in love with it as well. So, yeah, I've got to target both of them. Got it. Okay. And then so you haven't heard yet from dancers saying they've seen your work on TikTok or have you? I've seen a few dancers that have come in and seen a few of the clips that I've done. So they have mentioned, I've seen this particular one that you've done that was really funny. It was the, a powder shoot that I did and it's the whole no one's going to know because it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I hopefully people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they've talked about that in photo shoots. So I guess that way I am connecting with the dancers, but it just takes time to scroll through knowing what's in fashion at that time as well. Yeah, it, it's very difficult because you've got to do your your reels or your stories or whatever it's called, your post in using the the filter, like the voiceover filters. and The TikTok filters? Yeah. Right. And then so are you repurposing those same videos or those reels that you create for TikTok on Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, I've been experimenting. So I have been sharing them on. So just sort of reminding dancers that I'm also on TikTok. Right. Okay, so it sounds like you see that's the place where you've got to be. Yes. <laughs> I've got to be at TikTok, Facebook. YouTube, even though YouTube's not really a big part of my business, but I've also want to go into this. So social media is basically a full-time job. Yes. 
when it comes down to it. It is, yeah, it can be. It's, it's crazy. It can be. Love it. Leah, thank you so much for your time. You have been incredible. I know you were nervous about recording this, but you have been an amazing guest. And uh, like I said, your work is just mind-blowing. So thank you so much for spending this hour with me and sharing what you have with listeners. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was definitely a pleasure. And I feel very honoured to be, I guess, interviewed and be on your your podcast. Yay! <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that interview with Leah as much as I did. Leah, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for being brave and saying yes, for coming on, for sharing everything you did, for fighting through your fears and allowing me and the listener to hear more about your incredible business. You really are a super talented photographer. You have an incredible business. I, for one, was delighted to have the chance to speak to you. So again, Leah, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I hope I am reinforcing your thoughts with those comments. I hope you did get a ton from what Leah had to share. Please do yourself a favor. Go and check out her Instagram feed, her TikTok reels, her website. Her work really will blow you away. And I'm sure with what she shared about the business side of things, you'll have some fantastic takeaways that you can implement into your own business. Now, if you'd like to see and learn more about Leah. I've got links to all the places you can find her, including examples of her beautiful work in the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 480. I've also got links, like I mentioned at the top of the show, to the interviews with Joel Dunn, Leah's mindset and photography business coach, who shares his Facebook and competition strategies in those interviews. So get back and have a listen to those ones. If you haven't heard them, they will, again, blow you away because Joel goes into every detail that you need to implement those strategies into your business. Now, I'll be adding Leah into the members Facebook group as well. So if you are a premium member, you'll have easy access to Leah there. Maybe you have a follow-up question for her. Maybe you just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did or let her know how amazing her work is. But whatever it is, you will find Leah in the members group as this episode goes live. PhotobizX.com. Real advice, real strategies, and real ideas to build your photography business. Just one quick announcement before we close out this episode today. If you attended or have purchased the Facebook and Instagram lead ads course with John Glazer, which happened a couple of weeks ago, make sure you get back into the actual course page on the website at photobizx.com. You should have details on how to access that page. Basically, you log in, you look under the premium menu, and you can access the course from there. Now, the reason I'm saying this is I've been updating the course page as I go, and just yesterday, John sent me over some very cool additions for that page. I'm not going to share what that is here. Now, you need to go in and check out the page, but I think you'll find what he shared super helpful if you're having any trouble converting your leads into paying clients. That should be enough of a hint for you. So again, all the details are in one of the modules over on the course page for the Facebook and Instagram lead ads course. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I am flying solo for the next 10 days or so. And when I say solo, I really do mean solo because 
Both of our boys, Matthew and Jordan, have moved out of home. And Linda, and Linda has hopped on a plane yesterday to go and visit some family in Western Australia. So here I am, home alone, living the bachelor lifestyle. Well, sort of, still working away. (laughs) But I can assure you there will be some more cycling, some more golf, probably, well, assuredly, some less healthy eating and some extra lazy hours in front of the TV as well. But of course, of course, I will miss her dearly while she's away. Alrighty, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, healthy and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 